the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. It's true, it's true, and he's here to say hello. Welcome to the Thursday edition, 23rd day of July, as we uh, steadfastly head into the month of August here in just a week. And it's hard to believe we're um, halfway through summer already. This has been the long summer, hasn't it? From the long spring, and hopefully, hopefully if we all behave ourselves, we'll have a short winter. But who knows? Just depends on whether or not folks want to be focused on doing the right thing or making some kind of Machiavellian statement. Well, anyway, we're not going to go down that road today. We've got more or other important things to discuss. And I want to say at the onset of today's program that we we don't typically like to suggest that some of our listeners go busy themselves elsewhere, but today may be appropriate because of today's subject matter. And so if you're a parent, if you're a husband or a wife, you need to listen to this. And if you got young ears around, maybe occupy them elsewhere. Get them to do something somewhere else in the house or go wash the dishes or hey how about this wash dad's car would you (laughs) and while they're busy we're going to have an adult conversation about a very important topic here today and and i want to start by saying after i've given you the disclaimer to uh to be aware it's going to be a uh, pg-13 plus program today that there was a story i caught last week that really set me back on my heels it was an interview with Allie Wentworth, comedian, wife of George Stephanopoulos, former advisor to the Clinton administration and uh, current um, television news host on ABC, and um, talking about a number of things of their home life and parenting and things of this sort, usual stuff that parents of daughters will talk about. Well, maybe not quite all that usual. One of the issues that's brought up in a lengthy article that just shocked me was the very cavalier fashion in which Allie Wentworth described how that they have taken to educating their two daughters, she and George Stephanopoulos, about pornography by, you want to fill in the blank? Let me do it for you. By watching it with them. What? And as I rub my eyes, thinking uh, clearly the words are blending on the screen here, I've been too much time in front of the computer, but oh no, there it is, in bold black and white. And um, this raises so many questions and so many concerns that we've invited Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry, to come back on the program to address some of this. Clay is always 
Good to have you with us. Now, let me start by saying, you know, we, we, we understand that children will explore or experience things and that there are some parents whose uh, parenting style wishes to somehow include the kids or be with the kids when they are um, engaging in this sort of experience or uh, exploration. Um, and that runs the gambit. I've heard of parents that, uh, you know, don't want the kid to have their first experience on a motorcycle by themselves, but they'll take them for a ride or learn how to skydive or even even introduce a child to alcohol, arguing that if the kid's going to get a little tipsy, better to do it at home in front of mom and dad than at a party and then go and get into a car and potentially kill someone. I don't necessarily, in fact, I don't at all agree with that approach, but now all of a sudden added to that list is watching pornography ostensibly in order to teach a child about what it's all about. Talk about a new take on the birds and the bees, and I, my, my immediate reaction was, was shock that quickly devolved into revulsion, quite frankly, Clay, that any parent could think this is healthy to do, let alone with two um, preteen daughters. Well, it sure is, Craig. It's a joy to be with you, and it's so sad when we learn of things like this because this is happening all over our, our wonderful country where children are being exposed to things that are absolutely deadly. People don't think of pornography necessarily as deadly, but it is. And you could almost say the people who do this are child-abusing farmers. Now, I know that might be a little odd to say, but uh, I say it with all sincerity. A farmer plants seeds, and what's happening when one uh, observes pornography is that a seed is planted, and nobody knows, uh, because we're not God, when that seed is going to germinate into something quite evil. For many people, it happens quickly. For others, it lays dormant, and then it sprouts at a later time and becomes extraordinarily evil. And we never know when we introduce somebody to pornography like this when, uh, when it's going to occur. We can be certain of one thing. God did not design us uh, for this type of behavior. He absolutely didn't. In fact, God invented sex to be so incredible, uh, so wonderful and magnificent between a man and a woman who are married and follow Jesus. He actually reserved God's best sex for those who uh, marry in that way and follow Jesus. And yet we often uh, uh, encounter people who never experience this because of other things that interfere, like pornography, like betrayal, like other things that get in the way that are of the world. And Jesus actually talked about this, and he was very serious about it. And he, he, he focused on the heart. And he says, you know, if you, if you ingest this stuff, uh, the lust of the heart is uh, equivalent to adultery. Now, you have to go back to Jesus' time to understand really what he was meaning. Uh, uh, the, adult, the penalty for adultery was death or stoning, which uh, is a, a metaphor or separation between us and God. So essentially what happens is we die uh, because we get separated the moment we start to misuse sex. And this is so profound because everything we do in life uh, on earth as well as for eternity is associated with whether or not we are connected with the Lord or not. And, uh, uh, and if we're not, we're on our own. And world will have its way with us. And this is what's so sad. And it's interesting because you, you typically think of this in relationship to the impact 
on one physically, certainly yeah. emotionally and relationally, but now you're bringing in an added dimension that maybe goes to the heart of why th- this kind of entertainment can be so dangerous, and that is that there is also a spiritual dynamic, a spiritual dimension to this as well, that we may not initially recognize is being impacted by what we're being engaged in, but it certainly is. Absolutely. In fact, you know, if you look in our society right now, irrespective of where you go, you will see very clearly there's an acceleration of removing God and His right uh, standards for living uh, throughout all of our society, and in particular with respect to sex. And what then happens is godly shame and godly sorrow are being destroyed in that process. You could say that there's a, an actual radical effort to normalize and even make fashionable great evil. And, and once that takes place, once a sense of shame and godly sorrow is destroyed, literally anything is permissible. Uh, and, and, and I would even say a monster is born at that point. And the monster is lust and selfishness. It will reign in a person's heart, mind. It will reign in their relationships. And, destroy, and literally break and destroy everything it touches. And that's why it's so destructive and, and terribly evil for anybody who gets involved in it. I want to take a time out because I don't want to have to interrupt you, Clay, when we pivot into what you would fancy the thinking is here by any parent that would somehow believe that by sitting down and explaining what this is all about them. It's not the birds and bees conversation, and I want to make that clear to listeners that may be tuned in a bit late. Um, today we're encouraging you, if you've got young kids with an earshot, to busy them elsewhere. It's strictly an adult conversation today. Part of this centered around a recent interview that appeared in a well-known pub- publication with Allie Wentworth, comedian and wife of George Stephanopoulos, and talking about their home life, went on to explain how that she felt it was healthy to educate their two young daughters on what pornography was all about by watching it with them. Which, boy, that raises so many questions. Um, I don't even know where to begin. But the reasoning behind something like this, and what I would suggest is the, the, the very clear and apparent inability to connect the dots from things like, you know, pornography and sex trafficking. I mean, this is like saying, you know, uh, we're going to teach our kid how dangerous Russian roulette is with a loaded pistol and and explain to them what risk they take while you're spinning the barrel. Really? Let's take a time out. We're going to come back to more of our conversation. Clay Allen is with us today, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. We take this time out for an update on traffic. Back with more as we talk about the dangerous game of Russian roulette. Meanwhile, a look at traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, it's the adults today in the room chatting about some very important adult topics. With me is Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual uh, (laughs) restoration ministry. And on today's program, I brought up an article that I read last week that featured an interview with Allie Wentworth, wife of George Stephanopoulos, where she went on to explain that part of their parenting style to help their two young daughters understand pornography was to watch it with them. 
And as I suggested before the break, I, I don't know about you, Clay, but I look at this and think, you know, that that's like suggesting that you want to teach your kids that playing Russian roulette um, is very dangerous, and so you do so by grabbing a loaded pistol and uh, and then continue to play with the gun as you explain how dangerous it is. I don't get that. Yeah, it, it is quite naive. It's certainly unenlightened and seriously dangerous. You know, when we talk about pornography, uh, many people don't understand that uh, there, there literally is no human being that can remain unaffected by porn's change of one's brain. It, it's simply impossible. And, and, it's, and the reason is because of how God designed our brain. He designed it in a beautiful way, but if it's misused, what ends up happening is it, it absolutely destroys everything about the way of life God wanted us to live. You know, Craig, it's really interesting because people say, well, I can, I can uh, dabble in this or I can watch it and it won't affect me. But you know that it takes one half of one second. I mean, that's a pretty quick time. When you're watching pornography, that's the amount of time it takes for your brain to start to release some very, very powerful chemicals. They're called opiates and enkephalins. And what happens is those chemicals will stimulate the brain's reward center. And it promotes the growth of brand new neural pathways. These are nerve pathways in your brain to, to start to bond to that thing that you're watching. Now, what's incredible about this is God designed this to be your spouse so that when you have a sexual experience, you start to bond with your spouse and you start loving your spouse in new ways and uh, get creative about how you want to serve that person and love that person and so forth. But when pornography is introduced, what happens is your brain literally starts to create an altered state. And if you add to that masturbation, for example, there's an accelerant that takes place where your brain literally starts to bond to the images that are in front of you. And, and, uh, and this is what's so incredible, because there's an accelerant here that takes place. And, and this accelerant will take place in different people at different rates, but it always takes place. That seed I mentioned uh, that was planted in your brain when you see this, it germinates. This is what starts to happen. Now, let me give you an idea, or our audience an idea, what's happening with kids today. You know, uh, these two girls that Allie's daughters, uh, I believe they're somewhere in the 15 to 17-year-old range. Uh, and, and so this will have the kind of effect that I'm talking about apply to them. There was a study that was done not too long ago, and it was in the Daily Mail Reporter, and it talked about MPS, this new, uh, relatively new experience, multiple partner sex, and it related it to young people, and it, and it indicated that 50% of the people who get involved in MPS uh, uh, got involved in it because of what they saw in pornography. They tried to mimic what they saw in pornography. Half of the girls involved were coerced into gang rapes, being raped by a gang of guys. 50% of the people involved didn't wear condoms. So you can imagine what kind of diseases are being passed around. A third of them, about 33%, used alcohol and drugs. And here's the kicker. The average age uh, of the people involved in this was 15 years old. And there are many people that are younger than that because it's an average, right? This is just mind-numbing mind to me, and, it, and it's so sad because the seed that was planted was pornography. And, and, and as parents, we have to understand this 
as a church, we have to understand this because our church is asleep on this whole topic. We have 93% of churches ignoring this issue. It's so sad. Well, and, and I know that th- there's another angle that's, that's that. There's another angle to this, Clay, that's very problematic that I want to sort of interject into the conversation just so we can kind of expand understanding for listeners. And that is that, you know, oftentimes there is the argument that, well, it's like um, prostitution. Why would we prosecute Johns and and prostitutes? This is essentially a victimless crime. The two of them are, are willfully engaged in consensual relationship, albeit with money changing hands. But nevertheless, it's, quote, unquote, a victimless crime. I find it interesting that a, a new survey a study, rather, a medical study that has been released by the European Association of Urology looked at issues related to the correlation between the use of porn and, uh, again, this is for adults today, right? Um, adults that either because of their porn use demonstrate a lack of dissatisfaction or outright dysfunction and they found a direct correlation between the two to the point where in this study conducted by the European Association of Urology that they discovered 35% of the men that they interviewed actually said that they preferred pornography over the real deal. They preferred pornography over their spouse which I think is demonstrative, Clay, of just how insidious this is, that you'd rather watch a video monitor than engage in the real deal, that says to me that there's something about this that is not victimless whatsoever. I mean, setting aside the abuse of women and sex trafficking and all of that for a moment, you can't claim that this has no negative impact when you get that kind of report. That's exactly right. Uh, We've seen this for 20, 25 years, and then time that we've been helping men with this, this is very common in men. The more porn you use, the greater the erectile dysfunction you will experience. And I would even go one step further that this is um, the fastest way to experience emasculation. Now, this word is not used much in our culture, but it's very important to understand what's happening here. Emasculation is where the strength and vigor of somebody is robbed and stolen and destroyed. There's one other very important thing that happens, and that is creativity is robbed and destroyed in the process. So it's not just a physical thing that's happening about the dysfunction. It's a very much an emotional and spiritual aspect of it as well. And I would add one other thing to this that you're alluding to. The use of porn is the fastest way to anger a woman, disappoint a woman, annoy a woman, offend a woman, repulse a woman. Women do not like emasculated men. They, a, a weakened man who doesn't know how to love them the way God intended them to, and they're getting robbed. They're, ab- they're both getting robbed, actually. And so this is very real, uh, and we have helped men with this. And uh, imagine this for the audience member, because this, this is an easy way to, to think of this. The neural pathways I was referring to in your brain are very real. Imagine a pipeline. The more you get involved in pornography, that pipeline starts to expand in diameter, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, to the point where you need not only boatloads of pornography, you need different pornography in order to satiate the initial arousal so that you have the same experience as before and before that. 
And so you have this massively wide diameter pipe. And a, a woman or a spouse uh, that you're involved with can't possibly compete with this wide pipe, uh, uh, neural pathway, this diameter, this enormous pipeline. Uh, there's no way a human being can compete with that type of pornography or fantasy like this altered state I referred to. And what we do is one of the things that we help a man with is we show him and teach him biblical principles as to how to reduce that pipeline in such a way that he not only experiences a normalized sexual experience, he starts to experience an explosive sexual experience with his spouse that he never thought were possible, and it's absent all of the things of the world uh, that would sell you on pornography and how wonderful it is, like this, uh, this poor woman, Allie, who is completely unenlightened and damaging her kids. Uh, by introducing this as, even if it's a lesson, like this is, not, this is a bad thing, you shouldn't get involved in this, you know, your point is so well taken about Russian roulette. I would even add uh, uh, a couple of other things to that uh, scenario, like would somebody teach their kid that this is uh, wrong behavior by getting them involved in perhaps uh, uh, gambling or abusing others or abusing animals or all kinds of other sexual uh, behaviors, whether it be... Um, pedophilia, incest, all, all these other things uh, that, are, that the Bible says are wrong. Would we get our children involved in that as a lesson? Of course we wouldn't. We wouldn't teach them how to lie or show pe- how, how other people lie well in order to show them how it's wrong. Of course not. And this is precisely, I think, one of the things that people try to do to be cool, try to be uh, enlightened, try to be fashionable when we when, when they uh, expand the boundaries of what God wants us to do with our children. And it's very, very sad on both fronts, uh, and it's terribly upsetting to see this take place. And we try to do our best to educate people as to how to teach children in particular how to protect their bodies, protect their hearts, protect their minds, protect their relationships. And when it's been broken, like with pornography, we show them how God can restore that. And, and when God restores, of course, he always makes it better than the original. So, so this is very real. Uh, the, uh, the ED, we call it, the erectile dysfunction, it's very, very real. And the more porn somebody uses, the more they'll experience that, and the, the more that they will not want to get involved in literally sexual relationships with a spouse or with a human being because uh, the other is far too convenient, easy, and supposedly fun, and so forth and so on. Now, we're going to pause at this juncture because there's a question, I bet, that's lingering in the back of some parents to say, well, okay, I get that. Maybe they're trying to be friends. They want to be pals to their kids. Believe me, your children will have plenty of friends in school. What they need from you is a parent, not a pal. Pals they can get. Parents of what they need. But some might argue, well, wait a minute now here, Clay. Wait just a tiny little minute. He's talking about her daughters. Now, surely pornography doesn't impact women the way it does men, does it? We'll talk about that next. Clay Allen with us, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. Information available on the web at avenue.works. That's avenue.works. You know, like you'd use .com, .net. This is .works, avenue.works. Or by calling toll-free 877-326-7000. All right, here's a look at traffic at 530...
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, back to our conversation. Again, let me share that telephone number. If you need some insight, looking for help, there's an issue going on in your marriage relationship that relates to a pornography addiction by yourself or your spouse, there is help available. You can contact Avenue by calling 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. Of course, the phone call is completely confidential. You can also get more information online by going to avenue.works. That's avenue.works. We are talking with founder and president of Avenue, Clay Allen, about a story that appeared in a publication late last week pertaining to an interview with Allie Wentworth, comedian, and her husband George Stephanopoulos' parenting style that includes educating their early teen daughters on the dangers of pornography by watching it with them. And as we're learning, um, that's not going to have the outcome that the parents, thinking that maybe they're being modern or cool or forward-thinking, are anticipating. And one of the issues I can see is maybe being a, a, a bit of a disclaimer here is by saying, well, Clay, this is not the same as sitting down with young men. We know that, that boys tend to be stimulated more visually, and so as a result, there's not nearly the danger to a woman or a girl being exposed to or uh, consuming pornography is there as there is a man. Is that necessarily true? Oh, absolutely not. The motivations for getting involved might be different, but uh, what happens uh, with, with their brain, with their behavior, with the evolution of the cycle of what I call uh, sexual and relationship brokenness is, is virtually the same. And I alluded to it a little bit earlier when I mentioned that uh, uh, helping somebody uh, see pornography is like uh, a child abusing farmer because the seed that's planted is the very first step in the cycle. Now, the seed uh, that we refer to here could be with somebody who is using pornography or somebody who's been subjected to some abuse. For example, uh, sexual abuse takes place. That person starts to abuse the young person, and, uh, and it starts into this cycle. This seed planting is the first of four steps in this cycle that I've developed over 20, 25 years in helping thousands and thousands of men get out of this, and it applies exactly the same to women in the sense that when you get introduced to uh, pornography, if it involves masturbation, it accelerates it, or if you're sexually abused as though that's normal, that's the first step. That's the seed planting step. Now, what's really incredible about this is when we started this, that, that uh, what I call the red zone where the seed is planted, uh, was around 13 years old, maybe 14, maybe 15, somewhere in there 20, 25 years ago. Believe it or not, right now we're seeing that as young as uh, 7 years old, 6 years old, 5, sometimes even 4 years old, where individuals are either abused or they get a hold of some electronic device and start looking at uh, naked people, uh, and, and, and this is something that is not being blocked by their parent or guardian or whoever it is. So the seed gets planted. When the seed gets planted and it, it starts to germinate, it leads to the second stage in this uh, cycle, whether it's a man or a woman, and that's where they get desensitized. They actually get bored. 
with whatever it is that they're watching or uh, uh, with the abuse, that it kind of gets normalized by somebody who's abusing them, uh, touching them, doing whatever it is. Uh, this is where grooming comes in uh, with people who take advantage of people who are minors and so forth. The desensitization stage is very real, and what happens is they get bored with the initial arousal, and so they start to seek not only more frequent, uh, where they escalate, which is the third stage, but they, they seek something different. And this is really important because what happens in the brain is your brain gets tired and it goes on the search for something different. And, and this is where you see this, um, uh, this uh, high that's reached in your brain as it releases all these uh, chemicals to your reward center. But what's really incredible about this is when we do sex the world's way, not God's way, we inherently know that it's wrong. And the Bible talks about this in Romans 1. And what happens when we do sex the world's way, not God's way, we hit a low of almost instantly after the sexual experience. And that low that that individual experiences uh, promotes seeking out a greater high the next time. This is why you see the brain demanding not just more but, but different. And, and, and that then leads to the fourth stage which is actualization, and this is where it becomes absolutely deadly, uh, because this is where there's a necessity to act out of fantasy. This is where somebody is fantasized about something, and they actually have to go do it now with another person, another thing, etc. And, and this cycle, these, these four stages of this cycle are very real. It happens in men and women, and young people, old people, doesn't matter the age. Uh, the seed getting planted, the desensitization, the escalation, and the actualization. What's amazing about this is over the last 20, 20 25 years or so, we would see this cycle take place uh, before the Internet, where you only had uh, either photographs or magazines or something like that. This would take 15, 20, 25 years for somebody to evolve through this process, this cycle, and, and get to some very, very uh, disturbing behavior. What we see now with the Internet, because of the visual aspects, of the video, the interactive uh, aspects of it, we see this happening not only uh, in, in years, we see this happening in months, sometimes weeks. Uh, and in some, some other instances, which are uh, not so common, but it does occur, we literally see it happening in minutes or even seconds, where somebody will cycle through this process and they all of a sudden are wanting to go do something uh, physically with somebody else and uh, or something else, as the case may be, and it becomes extraordinarily destructive. Their entire uh, mental and, and spiritual and, and sometimes physical aspects of what sexuality is is completely distorted. And, uh, and so this is what pornography does, and right now the type of pornography that's unfortunately available is in intensely... Uh, destructive. It involves younger and younger people, of course. It, it normalizes violence um, amongst uh, one another. Uh, you see how it disrespects people, certainly ignores consent. Uh, consent is seen as an obstacle. Uh, it promotes, uh, as you mentioned, prostitution, but it's also exploded, literally exploded human trafficking. This is what's fueling human trafficking right now, because the fourth stage of this, the actualization, uh, requires the individual to go do something with somebody. 
And, and this is, again, where you see how it's so incredibly destructive in our society. Uh, many, many people are being kidnapped, uh, coerced into all kinds of different lifestyles and behaviors, but it really is boiled down to human trafficking. And so this is, this is where it ends up, and it can happen very, very quickly. This cycle, uh, because of the Internet, um, has been truncated or shortened down to months or weeks sometimes. And uh, the, the good news is there's a way out of this uh, for anybody who might be relating to this or they know somebody who uh, is involved in this type of behavior. Uh, there is a way out, and the Lord uh, is there with open arms waiting for somebody to say, hey, I want help. And he's there. Let's pause on that point because I, I want to come back and address another issue here that you've touched on, and that is this notion of the slippery slope that clearly, unlike other types of addictions, be it alcohol or drug addictions, that after a season it takes more and more and more to receive the same level of satisfaction. And sadly, as a result, in the context of pornography, that also not only means more consumption, even where today uh, studies are showing the average American adult spends 70, 70, 70 minutes a week consuming pornography. Maybe not at all one fell swoop, but that's what they're exposing themselves to. But it's not just the quantity, but it's also the content that seems to get edgier and edgier and edgier making this whole notion of teaching your daughters about the dangers of pornography by watching it with them seem increasingly ridiculous. Clay Allen is with us today from Avenue, avenue.works online. That's avenue.works or toll free at 877-326-7000. That telephone call completely confidential. 547, let's get a look at traffic for you right now from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Back to the conversation, and we're visiting with Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. We've been talking about a recent article where a couple of Hollywood parents divulged that their methodology for educating their two teenage daughters about the dangers of pornography is to sit down and watch it with them. And as we're learning, that's not really a very good idea. And to your point prior to the break, Clay, is the notion that what's additionally problematic about this, not only in terms of the amount of additional consumption that's taking place, and we referred earlier to the study by the European Association of Urology, the correlation between increased viewing of pornography and the correlation to dysfunctionality and dissatisfaction because of the impact of pornography on the brain. And um, the other suggestion is that oftentimes, well, you know, if it's only a girl, they, women don't respond to the pornography the same way that men do. And the notion that somehow we can control this, somehow that we can just consume it in bite-sized chunks and it's never going to get a hold of us, it's never going to pull us into that vortex the same way that other addictive behaviors like drug abuse might. Yeah, it's a naive way of uh, thinking about it because it absolutely does affect everyone. God made our brains in such a way that we respond to stimulus like this for a reason. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the cycle and, and how that works in a person, whether it's a man or a woman. 
Yeah, there's you know also a corresponding process that uh, goes along with this, and uh, it it happens very rapidly. This process in a person's life, and you know, it can start very young. As a matter of fact, it starts in teenagers when they start watching uh, uh, and looking at and viewing pornography. But uh, the process is something like this: uh, they, they start to get preoccupied with something. They start watching something, thinking about something. Uh, they might want to plan to meet with somebody. So they're trying to figure this out in their mind. How are they going to do it? How are they going to cover their tracks? Perhaps if there's money involved, how are they going to cover that and uh, hide that? And then that reaps a ritual. They um, start a conversation. They go somewhere online. They might meet up with somebody. Uh, but that ritual then reaps acting in and acting out. Most of us understand what act, acting out is. You know, it's, it's somehow uh, misusing sex with uh, yourself or with somebody else. But, you know, acting in is very interesting because it's just as bad, if not worse, than acting out. This is acting in is where you think that you can handle whatever it is that you're involved with. We call it the white knuckle stage as you're hanging off a cliff, you know, uh, about to fall, you know, several hundred feet to your, to your demise. And, and you're thinking, oh, I can handle this, you, the line in the sand, and I just won't go beyond that. And, of course, you always do, because your brain doesn't just demand more with pornography. It demands different. And, and this is what's so different uh, as a compulsive behavior than any other compulsive behavior. Uh, any other compulsive behavior, that more of that thing will satiate it, but not with pornography. It absolutely demands, your brain demands different. So once a person acts out or acts in, then they hit this shame and guilt grid. Uh, the shame is, you know, I'm defective. I, I won't uh, meet somebody's expectations if I told them what's going on with my life. Guilt, uh, on the other hand, is actually good uh, in the sense that God puts up a red flag to tell us, hey, we're, we're off the track for his, uh, and path for his life, off the avenue, if you wish, for, for, his, for our lives. And he wants us to get back on it. And it's, so a red flag goes up in our heart and our mind. And do you know, Craig, it's really interesting, out of all the thousands and thousands of people we've helped, something else always happens when they hit the shame and guilt grid. The person who's using, misusing sex or pornography always gets tired. They always get tired. And this is the point that's so fascinating because when a person gets uh, tired, they go typically in one of three directions. They draw that line in the sand and they say, I won't go beyond it. And, of course, they do. They think they're in control. They then go back into the cycle and they, uh, they desensitize, they escalate, they actualize. And it gets worse and worse and worse, often very quickly. A lot of people that have done that know that that's the route they're going to go and they don't want to do that. So they start thinking, I don't want to hurt anybody else. I don't want to hurt myself anymore. This is too painful. So they start considering, and some actually follow through with suicide. And I was there myself at one point. So I understand this, and I understand the torment. And, and, and there is hope for that person as well, because they always look for one other thing. They look for a way out. They look for the answer to the terrible, terrible problem. And this is where there's an open door to a person's soul and an opportunity for real breakthrough, and where every single person on planet Earth can show up on behalf of God, on a white horse as a hero, to help that person know that there is hope. There is a way out of this because, you see, it requires us trusting the one who created us to help us through our mess. And when we start trusting God in this area through his son Jesus, and when we start to trust that he's given us a guide and a plan for our life, this is where things can start to change radically for the better. 
And this is what we help people experience. And this is one of the most important things to understand about this whole thing about pornography is when somebody gets involved in it, they always get tired at some point. And then if they don't get help, they will either go back into that cycle, they might consider suicide, but they're always looking for a way out. And this is where I believe all of us have a role, uh, to let them know there's a way to get help. And this will literally lead to the best thing in their life if they uh, surrender this topic to the Lord. You know, we talked a little bit about this topic of emasculation here just a little while ago, that pornography emasculates a person, robs them of their strength, vigor, and creativity. You know that those are the things that actually get reversed when you give this over to God? He will give us strength. He will give us vigor. He will give us creativity. People think uh, that uh, 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 using pornography, that there couldn't be possibly anything that they're missing out on. Well, I beg to differ with them because I've seen the proof over 20, 25 years where men and women who get healed from this all of a sudden start getting ideas from God that they never could have gotten on their, on their own absent relationship with God. And that's what this is all about, is getting back into relationship with God so he can bless you with protection, provision, and with the life that he intended you to live. And that's when you really start to live according to what God's promised us and what we've seen and helped people with. And uh, as they say, the first um, part of the journey is always taking the first step, right? To get more information about opportunities to take that first step, you can reach out to Avenue by going online to avenue.works. That's avenue.works. Or by calling toll-free 877-326-7000. That telephone call is completely confidential. 877-326-7000 or online at avenue.works, avenue.works. Our thanks to Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Six o'clock from KFAX, we've got an update on some headline news. First, though, let's get you updated on traffic.